Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Pat Smith joins us on 365 Sports, also three-man front. Pat, yesterday we were trying to figure out just the reaction to Saban's retirement, and then all of a sudden I started to wonder how long this might linger, but Burns said within 72 hours, Crimson Tide have... Kalen DeBoer, what's been the reaction in Birmingham? It has been overwhelming. There was a little bit of trepidation as the morning kind of progressed because, once again, you had all these signs overnight. You had Steve Sarkeesian getting the extension there at the University of Texas. His name had kind of garnered a little bit of steam yesterday afternoon and night. And then you had Mike Norvell. The situation happened there. So as this thing was playing out during our live radio show today, you you could tell – that the fan base was getting a little bit nervous. Then all of a sudden you start hearing the names of Dabo Sweeney and maybe even Lane Kiffin, who very early on in the process since Wednesday had not been um, a name that had been out there very much. So, But once it became official, not official official, because it hasn't been, Alabama hasn't acknowledged it with a press release, but it is done. But with the fans, they finally said, you know what, let's take a deep breath here. Let's take a look at this guy as a head coach. And overall, they are pleased with the hire. Pat, uh, he is stepping into a situation where you, know, you cannot equal what's happened with Nick Saban. Like, nobody probably ever will. And especially given the way that games are changing, how do you expect the fan base will give him any rope to find Kalen DeBoer, the Alabama coach, as opposed to be exactly what Nick Saban was immediately? Well, I mean, that, that is going to be the million-dollar question in the state of Alabama because a lot of these fans, especially the young ones, they do not remember time before Nick Saban. They, they don't remember the days of a Mike Shula or a Mike Price scandal in which he didn't even make it to the field as the head coach or Dennis Franchoni. I could go on and on about those lean years in which Alabama, it would take them four or five years to be just sniffing an SEC West title. It's going to take them a little time. But one thing is for sure. It's going to be important for him to try to hold on to this roster. Already 19 players have gone on the transfer portal after the, the semifinal game in the CFP. So now here comes the fun part. Who, What kind of staff is he going to put together? How is he going to be able to recruit in these shark-infested waters that is the SEC? Because as we all know, Nick Saban did it as well as anybody. He would do it 24-7. He would win a national championship, guys. And he literally would be in the locker room for a few minutes and then he would be out on the telephone talking to a recruit, trying to get somebody lined up to either visit or to come to the university on a, on a recruiting trip. So it's just something that he is going to have to 
maybe put in his rearview mirror whatever they did in the Pac-12. I know that he was successful the last couple of years on the field, but the lifeblood of any program, as you guys know as well as anybody, it's recruiting. So he's going to have to bring that type of atmosphere to Tuscaloosa to try to keep up with the, the Joneses of the Georgias, the LSUs, and the Texases of the world. I know part of what I'm about to ask you, Pat, is part of the, the puzzle pieces that we're going to start figuring out here over these next few days and weeks, but where does your mind go uh, immediately when it comes to Jalen Milrow after this Kalen DeBoer hire? Well, first off, you see what Michael Penix was able to do the last two years up in Seattle, so, so that's exciting. Um, you've already had some wide receivers, guys that are not in the transfer portal because Bama had a big one going the portal earlier today. More than likely, he's going to end up at Texas, Isaiah Bond. But most of the wide receivers, they've gone on social media. As of right now, not even meeting him yet, but just looking to what, to what they have done offensively over the last couple of years, they seem to be excited. Jalen Milrow has not really said anything yet. I think I mentioned this yesterday on the show with you guys. You know, the Alabama veteran leadership, which Jalen Milrow is a part of, they were very important with after the announcement of Nick Saban of trying to get everybody to understand, hey, look, you, you need to wait things out before you go in the portal, kind of sift through whoever the new guy is. Let's meet him. Let's talk to him. Let's see what he's all about. But Jalen Milrow will be a big key. You would think with the offensive hire of, of Grubbs, who, again, Alabama looked at last year, who was DeBoer's offensive coordinator there in Seattle, word is he's probably going to get the first look to replace him there in the Pacific Northwest. And if that happens, you wonder if Tommy Reese will be sticking around for a second year as the OC at BAM. And if that happens, I think that's good news for Jalen Milrow. But seeing the body of work of Michael Penning, I think Jalen Milrow has to be excited to know that you got an offensive guy, a guy that played wide receiver as an All-American. I know it was a lower level in college. He's got to be excited about that. What were your thoughts on him from what we saw in you know, the early season benching and, and all of that to what you saw by the end of the year? Uh, how would you, I guess, summarize and, and uh, describe uh, his, his year and, and what you thought after all that experience? Well, he reminded me a lot of what happened with Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts did, Jalen Hurts wasn't benched. Jalen Hurts didn't go through some of the things that Melrose did because we saw a little bit of Melrose the year before, but Texas A&M almost beat him in Bryant-Denny Stadium because of all the turnovers he had. But you saw a maturity with him. You saw a leadership role that he was taking with the football team. And as Tommy Reese gained his sea legs, so to speak, with this offense and what he wanted to do, you could tell the comfort level went up. His decision-making was off the charts good, only throwing one interception, having one turnover over the last month or so of the season. That was huge. So I think that at that point in time, that's where the confidence level grew with Jalen Melrow, and I think that's why the fans were very excited when he announced that he was coming back. Pat, um, they've lost, you mentioned, 19 guys out of, out of the portal. Uh, do you expect maybe some Washington guys to come with Kalen DeBoer? I really do, um, and I think a lot has to do with the fact of, of where Alabama's going to be in the next couple of days with the portal. That was another important way or decision that uh, Greg Byrne had to make in regards to making this a, a quick hire because they had to shore up this roster. And so with that being said, I think he's going to have to come in here because it is inevitable, guys. There's going to be more, more fellas that's going to go on the portal because you keep this in mind. There's a lot of people – that wanted high-end high talent, wanted to come to Alabama, not only because they wanted to be able to play at the University of Alabama, but they knew the propensity that Nick Saban had to put players in the National Football League, and they wanted to play for Nick Saban. So 
there is going to be an attrition. There are going to be guys that's going to leave the university just because Nick Saban's not there. I mean, it, it could have been you name the NFL coach that got dropped into Tuscaloosa this week, and they still would have gone on the transfer portal because it wasn't Nick Saban. So, Pat, uh, the recruiting of what DeBoer will now have, he's going to recruit players to Alabama. Most of his classes at Washington, he wasn't there long, are going to be in that 20 to 30 range as far as overall rankings, not that they always matter. Um, How important will the staff he hires around him be with recruiting as much as what he can do? Well, it's going to be very important, and that's why you know some of the staff members that's currently on the staff at Alabama. Now, Kevin's still the defensive coordinator. He already announced his retirement before Nick Saban did, so he wasn't coming back. Tommy Reese has still got a contract there at the University of Alabama, the offensive coordinator. You know, will he be retained? There's a lot of other really great recruiters on that staff. You know, some defensive coaches. You know, will they get an opportunity to be retained? So it's going to be very important for him to at least have a few guys around this program that has been able to go up and recruit against the big guys uh, in college football in the Southeastern Conference. Needless to say, Alabama's facilities, everything that he will have at his disposal will be off the charts different than what he had in Washington. But he did prove one thing, and that's the most important thing, is that he was able to develop three- and four-star talent and put his team at least look like about a quarter and a half from winning a national championship against Michigan. So that's what excites the potential for the Alabama fandom. Pat, you kind of touched on some of the nerves that were building earlier, but had DeBoer done that radio interview in Washington like scheduled and said, <laughs> I'm sticking around, I mean, do you have any clue of what the next move would have been and how much panic would have set in Tuscaloosa? I mean, we'll never know, but, I mean, you had to at least been been thinking about, oh, my gosh, if this guy doesn't want the job, then, then where do they go next? Well, that listen, uh, you know, that was the thing. Once we saw this morning that that radio view was canceled because – you know, we thought, okay, he does the interview. You know what's going to happen. He's going to go in there. You're going to see just like Dan Lanning did yesterday or Steve Sarkeesian did last time on social media. It was going to be like, hey, you know, we're we're here. We're committed. We love it here. And, you know, let's move on. Go Huskies. But once that took place, we go, okay, there's a potential here that, that not only is he in play, but he potentially is going to be ultimately the guy. But if he would have ultimately said no, I had always thought, and I think I mentioned it to you guys yesterday, I, I thought Mike Norvell was the guy that on the original list was probably four or five deep. He was going to become maybe the safety net type candidate. But then when Norvell got a $10 million new contract a year at, in Tallahassee, that's when folks start going, okay, now where are we at here? That's when I think ultimately you would have had the names of Lane Kiffin and Dabo Sweeney. I, I think both those individuals were interested in the job. I know Lane Kiffin for a fact. He would have walked from Oxford, Mississippi (laughs) for the job in Tuscaloosa. He would have walked there, I promise you. But there's obviously some people that's going to make the hire in Tuscaloosa did not feel comfortable giving him the keys to the candy store, talking about Lane Kiffin. But that is an interesting story that maybe one day Greg Byrne might be able to tell us. Because officially, guys, he never offered the job to Dan Lanning. You know, you guys know better than anybody how this stuff works Mm -hmm. with agents. And to his Jimmy Sexton, basically is the puppeteer the puppet master when all this stuff goes on. So no job was offered to Dan Lanning, but he took the opportunity to get probably a pay raise and to get some slogans put it printed on some Nike t-shirts. And then likewise, Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, I was told yesterday afternoon that Sark, the first offer that Texas had given him on a contract extension, he wasn't very happy about. So guess what? His agent needed leverage and he got it because 
Alabama was interested. Yep. So, boom, he gets a new deal. So, man, that's that's the tough thing to see what was going to happen because some some folks in the media were reporting names like Mike Loxley and Eli Drinkwitz and people like that. And I, I'm just telling you right now, that would not have flown. So somebody would have been looking to replace Greg Byrne if those were the names that was brought to the Board of Trustees to vote on. Tommy Reese wouldn't have been the, yeah, no, the yeah, next that, guy? No, 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 no. No, no, it, it wouldn't have. That would have been uh, a, a Alabama, yeah. That would have been implosion right there. No, that 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 would not have happened. Uh, you you don't uh, you don't replace the greatest of all time with with uh, Tommy Reese. <laughs> That's just that that would not that would not have gone over well at all for yeah. for Greg Byrne. But I, think I, about the life experience he gained in just yes, that one interview. Exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that'd, that'd be unbelievable. Pat, I almost thought that it was going to be a baller move by Saban if this thing would have dragged on and gotten uncomfortable. <laughs> That Saban would have said, oh, hell, F it. I have an office here. I might as well just coach one more year, which I know that was not going to happen. But, man, if this thing would have lingered much longer, I think there would have been a clamoring for that. Well, yeah, I, I think so. And, uh, you know, one thing is for sure, guys, uh, you know, Nick Saban is still with us. Nick Saban did not die uh, two <laughs> days ago. Nick Saban just retired. Nick Saban is still integrated in this program. He was calling players. He was calling recruits yesterday. He was trying to make sure everybody was on the same page. Don't think for a second that Greg Byrne did not have a long, lengthy conversation multiple times about what Nick Saban thought about Kalen DeBoer. If if Nick Saban didn't think Kalen DeBoer was a good football coach or an excellent football coach, he would not even be in the conversation. So with that being said, I think Nick Saban probably was a little bit more comfortable with the situation, but you know how us fans and guys in the media are. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, we start freaking out and we want to speculate this or that or the sky is falling. But for the most part, most Alabama fans right now, guys, it really is. Uh, probably three out of four Alabama fans are going to tell you they're extremely pleased with this hire. Pat, they they lost Bond into the portal. He's probably going to end up. There's thoughts that he could end up right back at uh, not back at, but go to Texas. And they, of course, are yeah. able to pick and pluck and whatever. What about Downs, who was such a huge Nick Saban? How much influence, even though he's gone there but gone, will he have on someone like that who he he really loved, Caleb Downs? No, there's no doubt about it. And and it's funny because we had so many people reach out to us, and they're like, "Hey, please tell us that Alabama." In this NIL world, please tell me that that they're going to just give him whatever is necessary to keep him there in the secondary. He was very quick on social media today, guys, in which he was posting all of this potential or positive Alabama stuff on his Instagram reels, things of that nature. So the people that I talk to in Tuscaloosa, they tell me that that he is he is good to go. I, th- I think the Alabama athletic department has made it perfectly clear. And I think Caleb Downs, knows, especially with the leadership, time more who will get an extra year of eligibility because of COVID nineteen. He will have his sixth year to play next year. Number thirteen on the defense, he played the star position. He was one of the team captains this year. He's coming back, and him and Caleb Downs are close. So the Bama front, as of right now, they feel pretty good about Caleb Downs staying put. Pat, great stuff. Co-host of Three Man Front, also WJOX in Birmingham, which is a motherload of a radio station. And also, thanks for your time and enjoy. Now, although you still have work to do, it's an ever-ending deal. You can at least have somewhat of a better weekend and enjoy it. There is no doubt about it. Guys, always my pleasure. You too, buddy. Great stuff, Pat Smith. Man, he's really good at what he does.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.